You're listening to the Oodles of Marketing podcast, where two brothers, not brothers, wage war, debate peacefully, against the pitfalls of digital marketing. That part is accurate. Here are your hosts, Mark and Ryan Hughes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oodles of Marketing. Today, we're going to focus on everything that you should be asking your account team. If you're a client, this episode is 100% for you. If you have an account team, which I know you do, you need to be asking them these questions and ensuring that they are bringing answers to you across these various categories. To help us with this topic, we have Oodle's very own Vice President of Client Service and Growth, Riley Vollmer. Riley, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're going to put Riley on the hot seat today and have her explain all things account management and why clients should be asking some of the questions they should be asking to the account teams and why account teams should pay attention to those things and really have a solution in mind to to make sure clients have those things. So Riley, before we get started, uh, can you give us the the two-minute elevator pitch? Who was Riley Vollmer? How did you get here? What's your background? What industries have you served? Yeah, absolutely. I've been at Oodle for about, this is year eight, in the middle of year eight, I think, uh, which is wild to say that it's been so long. I started out working with CPG brands on P&G side marketing. I was working for a vendor partner that managed a lot of their digital and did some time in the corporate marketing branding space and found out very quickly that was not the setting for me. But in that setting, I started learning a lot about the business, learning a lot about client engagement, the politics of being successful in this space, uh, what it takes to to manage teams and different partners through very complicated, ambiguous project style work. And very quickly started looking for something where I could have a lot more autonomy and a lot more influence. And Oodle at the time was about 12 people mighty and was willing to bring me on as your first account manager. That's true. I think that's right. One of your first account managers. Yeah. First, first pure account manager. I think we had other folks that did account management on the side of their desk and other jobs, but first pure account manager. Yeah. All all I remember about that early time is I came on and within my first week, half the company went on vacation and I was left to figure it out quickly. (laughs) You all were due probably for a couple of years for a little bit of break break at that point. That sounds like a very brutal thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a great way to get thrown to the fire. It was also a really great way to carry over some of that just corporate uh, branding and marketing skills uh, into the agency environment and learn how it works quickly. From there, I spent a couple of years just in day-to-day account management for Oodle. As our business and portfolio scaled, so did everything I had to learn about account management, how to help certain industries, how to help certain verticals. As our teams grew, had a very heavy hand in advising and, and helping us think through who are good people fits for Oodle for our account team. And all the way to today, rising up the ranks and managing our entire client service department, client relationships, and revenue for the agency. It's just a simple that? job. She, simple. she makes it's super simple. It's <laughs> just a couple uh, of hats. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of hats. And you know, account management as a skill set and as a trade, we're being recorded. So dare I say this is is one of the I'll caveat it, one of the most difficult jobs in an agency. And the reason I always say that to our team members is because they are literally the middleman between the, the client who can sometimes be super happy, rosy, and amazing to work with, but sometimes 
they're humans and they have issues and needs and stuff too, right? So sometimes that doesn't happen. And then you have your internal team, which has different priorities of I need more time, I need more, I need more effort, I need more bodies to throw at this project. And then you have project managers, which are trying to sort of keep those things on the rails and, and help the deliver the work. But you have the account manager in the meantime that has to play defense to the, the, the client and to the internal team. So I often refer account managers uh, lovingly as the, the punching bag at the agency. Uh, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a great acro- or a great analog but, or analogy, but it's kind of true in some respects. So, you know, our goal today is to kind of talk through some of the, some of Riley's experience and uh, what the expectations are from, from from some research that we've done with some third-party data and with some firsthand experience from Riley's portfolio and body of work and what she's experienced in in her career. Um, So let's start with what, what do, what do clients want from you as an account manager, Riley, what, what, if you had to put it into a couple of sentences, what does that look like? And I know we'll dig deeper uh, into some very specific topics here in a moment. Yeah, we, we have a pretty defined set of what that list is internally that we kind of chant to each other, but we also drill into our account teams and our cross-functional teams. Clients really want an honest, authentic, transparent partner who's going to help make their job easier, who's going to elevate their perception within their role and their company, who's going to teach them something they don't know. And honestly, just someone who you can feel like you can rely on tremendously through through all sorts of struggles, business-related, personal-related. The account person kind of has to maneuver in and out of those topics and environments on a dime. And so they're being asked to change those mindsets as the client's needs change or to read between the lines if the client's going through something within the organization that they're not voicing and fish that out of them in addition to maintaining the course of of the work or whatever we're chasing down on their behalf. Clients need you to be a lot. Um, And so you really do need to learn how to juggle and adapt and, and kind of flow through those different roles and responsibilities for sure. And uh, talk a little bit about the difference between working with a client that really wants you to be a strategic partner and working with a client that really wants you and needs you to stay in your lane and, and the differences in account management style as, as it relates to working with those and, and how you kind of identify which type of client you're working with um, and, and how you best serve those two kind of very different ways of managing an account in our space. Yeah, the I, I gravitate a lot towards thinking from the book, um, thinking fast and slow, because it's super similar to how an account person has to work and, and read the room. So we have all types of engagements where, you know, the client has a very robust need. They're not sure what they want. They know that they need us to fulfill a big picture of something their digital marketing strategy for the year, which can be really broad and robust versus a client who just wants us to work through a very simple content production project. There's still layers and degrees of those roles that you have to play, but the way that you dial up the volume and the the big picture strategic partnership mindset versus the more tactical delivery focused mindset, you really do have to be able to dial those up and down as the project transpires as the relationship transpires. Um, So you'll lead with one over the other. I think when you're working with a client who kind of wants you to stay in your lane, 
it's all about that quick action oriented communication style. Keep it clean, keep it clear and, and be very choiceful about the moments where you're challenging what's going on, where you're pushing in different directions, where you're asking us to stop and pause and reconsider versus when it's a more robust request or a robust piece of project work. You should be challenging along the way. The client is looking for you to assert yourself, assert our excellence, assert our expertise in those areas. So I think you really do have to kind of read what the request is based on where you're at in the evolution of the work that we're doing together, the partnership that we're building. Yep. And I think the we have we have 10 items on our list of what do clients really want from you to kind of talk through. And I think regardless of the style of the engagement, be that strong strategic partnership or uh, go do expert or some some gray area in between, which is more often where you end up landing. Uh, I think these 10 sort of, I'll call them universal truths of what clients want from you still remain true. And that's across our own experience and shout out Agency Management Institute, uh, third party research that they've conducted over the years and they've disseminated to agency owners like us. Uh, it, all these things hit home and hit true. Um, and, and the first one on the list is make my job easier. You said that earlier, Riley. Um, but what does that look like in practice? How does how does an account person make a client's job easier? Yeah, I, I think it starts with understanding the client as a human being first, knowing what their style is and where they're going to really need the help. We have some clients who you know, they really understand what we're doing. They're, they're almost more fluent than we are sometimes at, at what we're trying to support them on. And so they don't need you to, for instance, be an educational partner. Other clients are maybe newer to the role, newer to the industry, newer to this type of work, and they really need you to lead and guide them in addition to the follow through of what delivery on that work looks like. So I think it really does start with know them as a person first, and you can really build into how to make their jobs easier because those levers are going to look different for each individual person. Mm -hmm. And then I think where that gets extra interesting is, you know, you overlay that with the uniqueness of an account manager. So knowing yourself as well and knowing where you're capable of making their job easier and also having the self-awareness of, I need to get this, this group of resources or solutions pulled together to help make their job easier. Yep. So I just think there's a very personal element to that, um, in addition to the way that we think about how we work and flow from a work perspective. And I think the advice that you just gave without giving it, is, without saying it directly, is your account manager needs to get to know the client, but equally the client needs to get to know the account manager's style in order to get the most out of the agency partnership and relationship as well. And, you know, there's some malleability with what happens most there. And it should be expected that the account manager is more like Gumby in those cases mm -hmm. where they're, they're being pushed and flexed and pulled around. But I think it's a, it's a good observation to say that there is a certain amount of, of client fluidity that, that needs to happen as part of that as well to make that solid relationship really work and to ensure that, that the client is receiving what they're being asked. Um, and, you know, and, and we know, as account people, where to play in that environment. Totally. I mean, I think there's a reason why I make my job easier winds up being first on the list, on our list, most of the time, because the faster we get to that authentic, transparent relationship with clients, the faster we're able to make your job easier. 
What yep. always has interested me is, you know, clients who sometimes can play their cards very close to their vest because they're controlling a lot. They're managing a lot. They're not trying to divert from this very clear path they have within their organization. And so it can kind of result in this like tempered experience early on. And so we're constantly advising our account team to really think about what it takes to build that trust and build it quickly. Because we know that, you know, ultimately what the what the client wants is, is that that end result, but getting there, you know, it can be a real journey depending on where the client's coming to us from. Well, and I think one of the things you just sort of hinted at or touched on with the, you know, the idea of making your job easy, that's not easy to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, and especially without information. Uh, the, the number of times that we've run into situations where, you know, as a client, you have to be able to to build that relationship with an account person, and as an account person, build that with the the client uh, to be able to get information. And if you're not willing to share um, information, be that sales data or you know any number of things that could be really valuable, uh, it it puts us in a weird position, right? Uh, it puts yeah. your account team in a weird position where they can't. They can't make your job easier because they don't know what you're up against, right? <laughs> if you're not willing to share uh, the challenges that you're facing, we can't help you solve them. Uh, yep. And and that makes it impossible for us to do kind of the number one thing on the list, which is to to make your job easier or said another way, try to make you look like a fucking rock star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in the, it's kind of a double-edged sword because most of the accounts, most account people are wired to please. They're wired to follow through and make you happy. So, you know, on the flip side of that, an account person's really good at doing political tap dancing. You know, if you're going to keep the walls up, um, they're pretty good at, you know, dancing alongside the walls and still being really successful and respecting those boundaries. And so, as account people become more senior here, or as they have more tenure, a big thing we talk about is knowing when to tactfully challenge in those areas in a positive way to kind of push push some of that transparency and the ability to build that trust quicker, for sure. Some of the best relationships that we've ever had with clients are the ones where they're like, hey, I need you to know what I'm up against. You know, this can be the cone of silence between the account manager and yeah. the the client, but look, I need you to know, like my, I'm under pressure. If I don't deliver, mm-hmm. this is what this is going to look like for me. Uh, and I need you to know your role in that is not in the entirety of the situation, but it is a big part. So what, what do I need to provide you to be able to be as successful as you can be so that I can be successful as, as your client and as a marketing manager, marketing director, VP of marketing, CMO, whatever my role is, in the organization, uh, the more transparency there is there, the better you're able to say, okay, I can work with that. I can read between the lines. I can push. I can, I know yeah. that I need to stretch your budget further in a certain, in certain cases or in, in other cases, it's, I know if we deliver, it unlocks more budget so that the client can be more successful, right? Those are yeah. very different scenarios, but they're, they're both about communication and trust, which is another one on the list, which, right. Which is over communicate. Um, And that goes more from the account management side than it does the client side, the client. And we talk about this all the time with our AM team and our, and our team, right? Which is we are not the center of our client's universe as much as we wish we were. 
we we are not the only thing they have going on. No matter what industry you're in, they have other things that they have going on in their wheelhouse that they're dealing with. And so we can't expect a client to respond to something that we send something over to them the first time every single time. And we can't expect them to remember everything we send over to them in the nice, neat, laid out, detailed project plan that we sent them, right? So that's where the over-communication comes into play. But talk, talk a little bit about how over-communication and being annoying can can <laughs> can be a, a tricky line to tread. Tact, tactfully um, yeah. annoying. Tactfully annoying. Oh, I mean, in what we do, it's painful how much, you know, any of the friction points or tension or struggles we all face internally, collaboratively with clients trace back to communication. And so we spend an inordinate amount of time as an account team talking about and honing communication. Um, sometimes it's individual based, sometimes it's, you know, project based, but it's almost always the focal point of any regroup or internal meeting we're having. Um, it's funny, Mark, you mentioned just before we transitioned into this, you know, clients being willing to be transparent and level with you and getting to that point quickly. It always amazes me. I can probably count on one hand in seven, eight years, the amount of clients who have proactively come to us with that mindset versus ones where we were working our way towards that over time. Um, and so the over communication angle is something that I think I always challenge our account team to lead with because, you know, be the change you want to see, you start becoming the example of the standard of that expectation. Um, so in terms of that, in how we execute it day in and day out, it comes from constantly evolving the way we do it. There is a system and a set of standards that we use to create structure but then really it is like a, it, it is a relentless feedback loop asking for how could we be better? What other touch points would work? What other modes of sharing this information would strengthen the way that you're able to receive it or the way your boss is able to review it? So we're having all sorts of those conversations with our clients day in and day out. And really the biggest thing is, is if your agency person is not asking you exhaustingly for feedback, they should be. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's where a lot of it starts because you can unlock so many things that you could waste a lot of time trying to get to otherwise just guessing where you're at. Yep. And the more honest that you can, you can answer the question of what can we do differently to, right. to provide a better experience for you, uh, the more you'll get out of your agency partnership. Sometimes when someone asks for feedback, it's like, oh no, you're do we're doing great. Right. And yeah, we as, we That's as the Google, worst feedback you could possibly get. The actually. worst. It, <laughs> it is. The worst the worst feedback you can possibly give to anybody or any agency is we're doing yeah. great. And cool. Sp either specifically tell me what we're doing great so we can do more of that. Yeah. Or tell me the truth of what you what what irritates you, right? And it's not like we're we're trying to make it a, a, a big problem here, but uh, there are things that we can improve on. There's always something we can improve on. Uh, Absolutely. And without clear communication about that or without articulating it, you let it fester, right? And mm -hmm. it just, it adds on top of like 10 other little tiny things that of themselves are, are easy to deal with and would be easy to resolve. But in concert, eventually, you know, one day you, you maybe are in a, a bit of a mood uh, <laughs> and they come to a head and, and you know, you're, you've got people on the other side of the fence scratching their heads. Like, how do we get here? 
<laughs> we've got and, we've got mountains of of everything's good, everything's good, and then all of a sudden, you know, yes, we're not good. Yeah, you you bring up uh, something huge for us, which is just the sheer volume of communication that we deal with and the work that we deal with. We were talking earlier about how account people are kind of the the center of the eye of the storm. Something we reference a lot here is the agency triangle. So account person is sitting in the middle of the triangle. They're trying to please their boss. They're trying to please Oodle agency. And they're most importantly trying to please the client. And it can get really chaotic managing all of the communication between all of those things, particularly when it relates to clients. We see breakthroughs. We see ease of tension the most when we're figuring out solutions for triaging that communication in a way that we can point back to it. You mentioned, Ryan, where do we get, how do we get here? No one remembers because it was a series of conversations that we were having in 15 minute increments over a six month period. And so I think another, another piece to that in being effective is, you know, making it so easy for the client to understand that chain of communication, how it's evolved in point A to point B to point C, D, and F, E, and F. Um, because, you know, otherwise you can get really lost about where, we, where we're where we on track or off track in the process of that. I know we're talking about account. The, Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. I was going to say, I think one of the things that kind of comes out of this with the, between the like being organized and, and over communicating is that uh, you almost become like a knowledge repository for a client, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and having that ability to help, uh, remind folks how we got somewhere or maybe avoid going down a path that we've already gone down before, because we have that, that, uh, that historical knowledge tucked away somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal, the dream and, and any top to top I've worked with has mentioned this. I want to be able to work with you like shorthand. I don't want to have to spell everything out because, you know, at some point the you're, you've either made progress on the communication front or you have it And progress looks like better ways to have shorthand communication in the midst of digital environments, multiple team members, multiple teams involved in conversations. The best, strongest, lasting relationships we've had are those clients where we, we kind of reach that shorthand capability. And that's that's the result of a very long history of highly detailed, structure-oriented communication along the way. And very intentional so too, right? Yeah. yeah. So yes. intentional meaning top to tops and weekly or monthly or some cadence of, of frequent catch-ups and touch points and you know, biannual or annual workshops and innovation sessions. Many, many places to, to provide a feedback loop that isn't just an email communication over to your account person that says you're doing well or you're not doing well because right lots of yeah. lots of structure there yeah i well, mean the other... are... oh, go ahead Ryan. sorry i don't want to, the, I don't want to cut the... you guys off but you've both glazed over and touched on a thing that i think is important here which is the idea of top to tops what is a yeah. top to top yeah what is one i can explain yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> what does that what does that mean, right? You're the you're the queen of acronyms, right? You just toss yes, out an acronym yes. and and move on. But you know, for those folks who might be uh, listening that don't know what that is or what the importance of it is, what is it? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's so important in terms of who's focusing on what. So what we consider top to tops is 
top of the food chain, chain of command, look at it that way. It's typically the CMO, it's typically the VP of something. Um, it is the lead of that department. So those people will typically be managing a team of brand managers, a team of account managers, um, anybody who's kind of helping navigate the day to day. Those are our typical daily points of contacts. But top to top conversations are super vital in that success because it's so easy and rightfully so in the day to day that you are nose down in the work. You're so far down in the weeds. We're not thinking about, is this working well between us as partners? And so we make a huge effort to prioritize those top-to-top conversations at a regular cadence because it makes sure that we are addressing everything else beyond the work. I tell the account team all day long, you know, you're being, you, you can check that you're being successful when the work is table stakes. And when you're starting to get more into those conversations with your clients about like, how could this be better? What could we be doing differently? Um, A top-to-top level conversation is where we talk very openly about team feedback as well. And once you get in the habit of soliciting that feedback and providing it, it gets a lot less scary to give each other, you know, maybe some critical points that you need to fix or we're having personnel issues or we're having um, some sort of communication challenge that's been really, really upsetting me the last couple of weeks or whatever it might be you're able to really address those and address them quickly. The worst thing is to let stuff like that fester. Something I always tell the account team is, you know, when you're feeling like there's tension or something unaddressed, the worst thing you can do is procrastinate addressing it because it's already there. Everybody already feels it. And so we're constantly encouraging our teams to be proactive when it comes to those moments because clients are happier, they're more confident. And sometimes they are not necessarily aware of what the what the point is, because as you mentioned, we are such a small piece of their of their world and their day to day that when the account person is willing to address that proactively, it can make a huge difference in terms of how quickly we can keep moving forward in a productive way. You just hit on two points at the same time that are part of this top 10 list. And one of them is being my thinking partner and sounding board. So you mentioned top to tops being a great place for that to happen or facilitated workshops amongst a small group of people to bring uh, new thinking and challenging and, and challenging ideas. Uh, and the second being teach me without making me look foolish or stupid, right? Uh, you mentioned it early in the conversation. Sometimes you have people that are coming to the party with a different level of tenure, be that a brand manager, marketing manager, or sometimes it's it's a director or a CMO that have has come into the organization and they may be relatively new. Um, maybe maybe they're new to that level of role and responsibility. Maybe they're new to the industry. Certainly, they're new to the company itself. And the as the agency of record, we may have more information than they do at that time. And so, how do we how do we leverage that as a strength? To Ryan's point, to be that data repository and that thinking repository and make sure that that good information that and good decisions that have been made over a long period of time are looked at appropriately and then move, and reacted to necessarily. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to the outlook. So like everything starts with like, what's the grand vision? Where do we want to be? And sometimes clients aren't coming to us with that as thought out as maybe they expected to have to, if that makes sense. And so what we wind up doing a lot with clients is 
walking through like, okay, you know, you want this content project right now, but how does it fit in the grand scheme of everything else? And sometimes to clients, depending on how narrow the scope is, that can kind of feel like something that might seem a little invasive or might seem like, you know, the content partner is overstepping their boundaries. But in reality, what it's doing is it's equipped, it's giving us the ability to, to have the, the understanding at, at a macro scale and to be successful in terms of how we map out that long-term vision. Having the long-term vision then allows us to think ahead and plan accordingly about where are the points where we might want to invest in expanding our thinking here or pushing the envelope here. Um, and then we constantly revisit, you know, how are we progressing along that and what other items do we consider outside of the work? no matter how robust or how narrow the work is, your agency partner is thinking very heavily about the work itself, your business, what's going on in the industry, in your vertical, what's going on in our own digital landscape. And we're working to infuse that thinking throughout the conversation. And, and that, that, that's across the spectrum of work that we do here. Um, so I think, you know, you should ask your agency those questions more often because they're hungry to give you that information. They're constantly thinking about it. It's why they're as successful as they are being the digital experts that you've asked them to be, but they're packing so much more behind the scenes that led them to have the ability to think that way. Um, and, you know, in our, in our more robust engagements, that's something that's a priority. It's expected, but sometimes in those like mid to smaller size moments, we're working to figure out how to insert that to make sure that it's, you know, meaningful and the value is felt. So you really kind of hit on the idea of having a marketing strategy and then a marketing plan that fits into your overall marketing strategy. Podcast episodes one and two go into depth <laughs> on both of those topics of and talks about why they're different, but why they're so yeah. connected and joined. And this account management piece is sort of illustrative of why do account managers constantly ask questions that are seemingly none of their business? Well, <laughs> the answer is because they need to know what the, the big picture view is so that they know where they fit and they know sure. where to push and where to knead the dough. And what are we making here, right? Are we making, I mean, it looks like we've got some, some stuff on, on the table in, the, in our little fictional bakery, but those same ingredients can make a whole lot of stuff. So what, what are we making in the end? Uh, and once totally. we know that, we know how to optimize. And that's, I think, the biggest, the biggest, one of the biggest challenges or, or differences between an agency that is is truly acting as a partner and an agency that's acting as a vendor, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about that fairly often. We're a terrible vendor. We're a great mm -hmm. partner. Yep. We're a terrible vendor, right? Yeah. Because we don't have the ability to not ask why, right? Yep. You show up at the doorstep or in the meeting and you say, hey, we need, a, we need a new website and a landing page and a marketing thing for XYZ. And the first thing that's going to happen is we're going to ask you why and how that fits into other things and how that supports other things that we've heard you talk about and the overall marketing picture. And that's a, it's a key distinction between you know, those two types of relationships because a, a vendor... We'll be like, okay, we'll, we'll get you a plan, get you a plan and a price, um, kind of absent minded of how that, how that fits into the big picture um, yeah. and the success or failure of it 
at that point is on your shoulders and solely your shoulders as the client uh, because you're the one that made the call Yeah. Uh, versus we try to, to shoulder a bit of that responsibility ourselves and, and be looking at it so that we're both successful, right? If we're doing our job successfully, we're making uh, folks on the client side look really good mm-hmm. um, and we're being successful together, uh, not potentially in a, in a situation where we've done everything right and it's just a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of clients have a hard time articulating the depth of everything they need at any given time. Um, and that can, you know, that can create a little bit of confusion or difficulty when you're trying to get to that understanding together. And a super simple breakdown that we've started leaning into pretty heavily is this idea of like your business's strategy. You start there, you gather a lot of inputs. That is where you're talking very heavily with your account person, the strategy teams, anyone involved at that level about the business strategy and where this need fits into into that conversation. And then from there, what, what good agency partners can do is they can take that strategy, the scope of work that they're asking you to think about and break it into the digital and executional strategy pieces. So like the business strategy feeding the ability to create a digital strategy is really the formula for success and and where we see that translate most effectively across the work that we're doing today. And what you just said, it's like perfect segues here. It fits into- like we've talked about this all before. Right. (laughs) Two other topics on the top 10 list that is almost identical to what Riley just said, just different words, which is spend my money like it's yours and know my industry as well as I do. The hard part about that, though, is that unless we do, unless we have that relationship that Riley just described, where we know the business strategy, we know the marketing strategy that fits into the business strategy, and we know the marketing plan that is the output of, of you know, some, some defined period of time that fits into the marketing strategy in that order, business strategy, marketing strategy, marketing plan, it's really hard to spend our money like it's yours because we don't know the full picture. And it's really hard to know the industry as well as you do because we don't know some of the, the behind the scenes of where we're going. We may know third-party information about your industry and third-party information about how to spend our money or your money like it's ours. And we absolutely will do that. That's part of the fabric of who we are. Uh, and as most, most agencies should. But the best engagements are the ones that you can push that even further by understanding the behind the scenes. It doesn't just make a better relationship and, and help make the client look better. It produces literal better outcomes because you can make better decisions on the fly on behalf of a client as opposed to the feedback loop being stifled uh, because of lack of information or, or anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I think that gets into the, the importance of like, you know, the periodic brainstorming sessions and, and those sorts of things, right? It's very easy to look at those sorts of activities and, and kind of brush them off. Right. And, and certain folks within the team, the closer to engineering you get, speaking as somebody who works with engineers on, on a frequent basis, right. Uh, you kind of blow it off and you're like, why is this important? Right. And that's <laughs> why it's important. That's the, that's the knowledge it's this big knowledge transfer moment where you can talk about the things that are really impacting your business or, or important to your business and 
uh, allow that knowledge transfer to happen from your internal people who live this, eat this, sleep, breathe this day in and day out to your agency team who's helping support that. Uh, and that's, you know, it's, it's difficult to put into words how important that sort of activity is, even though, you know, at times may not seem like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, marketing people, and then even more so agency account people are very interpersonal, or creative, or strategic. And people like that are not wired to naturally want to create structure and rules and guidelines. And as we've matured as a client service department, I think that's something that, you know, as the business has scaled, we have learned very quickly while you want to have this really fluid ability to build relationships and form long-term trust and really get to know each other in the process of this, it needs to come with a structure and expectations for everyone to be successful. Um, It's not the best analogy, but it's one I use all the time. It's kids need bedtimes for a reason. (laughs) When Mm -hmm. we don't have bedtimes, everyone gets upset. They don't know why they're upset, but it's because they're tired and they don't know what's coming next and they want the day to be over, but they don't know when it's going to end. It's the same thing with account management and building those successful relationships. You need to have that expected cadence and structure in place or else you will miss those opportunities, Ryan, like you were mentioning, to, to infuse that strong thinking or infuse the research or infuse discussions, very important discussions about how things might be changing along the way. And some of that comes with clear, you know, other tactical things like w- with clear statements of work and clear project yeah. deliverable timelines and expectation setting along the way of what outcomes should look like now, soon, later sort of scenarios, yeah. right? Um, and those are hard, those are hard level setting conversations to have with a client, especially with something that is complex, like media planning and, and placement, um, or even website development. So slightly less, but it's, it's a long tail project activity and it's easy for a long tail project activity or a long term conversation around media planning, SEO, SEM, any of those things that are ongoing to feel like there's expectations that are misaligned even after resetting them a couple of times. So the better we can we get at that communication, over-delivering, um, being organized and dependable, which is another one on this list of top 10 for our clients, uh, with the final one being earn my trust, uh, that is, that is the, the, the biggest areas of, of us to uh, perhaps ensure that a client is getting exactly what they need and want out of their engagements. Um, Ryan, you mentioned earlier bringing fresh ideas to the table. Uh, and this is, I said the other one was a final one. That This is the last of the 10. Um, and one that I want to spend some time talking about because it's the number one reason that clients fire agencies. Uh, and that's they stop bringing fresh ideas. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit uh, and go a little deeper around our experiences with that, some challenges, and, and what clients should be expecting from their, their agency partners. I have many thoughts about this one. Um, Share away. It's a, it's such a huge topic and such a moving target that we're managing against because change over time is inevitable. Like one thing is certain and there will be change at any given time. And so you think about what's happened the last couple of years in the market, the best client service people on our team are asking our clients 
questions like what's accelerated or decelerated in your business over the last couple of years? How has your customer experience changed? And being able to like think about what's impacting the vertical and the industry and come probably from a top to top standpoint with those questions can then help your account team come to conclusions about how do we need to think about the way we approach X? Do we need to change the solution that we originally thought we were going to provide? Because at an industry-wide level, we're facing pressures of supply chain struggles. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we were heading down this path that seemed viable of, hey, you know, let's let's do this omni-channel campaign and we'll promote these types of products within your service offerings. But what we're finding is that's probably not the most viable aspect. What you need to do now that you have these supply chain issues is, is talk about how does your brand withstand the struggle and the challenge of that time period for you. So then we might shift our mindset less about sell, 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 because maybe there isn't as much product to sell as we originally thought. Now we're thinking about how do we create brand equity and longevity where once we get those resolved or as we find solves within the struggle of that that vertical is facing, then 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 we can pivot back to maybe where we originally started. And I think there's different levels of ideas too, right? Um, some of this could be could be as simple as approaching things a slightly different way or 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 different creative or um, reacting to markets. Those are all really important things. Sometimes it, it can be something you've never considered before. Maybe it's a new promotion tactic that, uh, that you've, you've not really considered, uh, because it's either, it's either new, it's different, right? Uh, TikTok influencers, those are two that come to mind right away for me, um, because they're huge markets, they're evolving markets. Um, and it's very easy for any business to say, well, you know, that doesn't make sense for us. Right. Um, but there are a lot of, uh, of success stories for businesses, just like almost every business, mm -hmm. uh, in those areas. So it, mm -hmm. it's something to consider, um, rethinking how you're, how you're even targeting or, or packaging together your advertisements can even be something that uh, could be considered. And, and, you know, I think the important thing is, right. Your agency shouldn't be bringing you what I'll call softball ideas all the time. Right. right? Um, absolutely. It should be bringing you some, some things to say yes to that. You're like, Oh yeah, that's, that makes perfect sense. We should totally do that. But you should also be receiving a good amount of things that are maybe a little too big or maybe a little scary, or maybe don't feel like they fit. Um, and that's not to, not to say that the agency hasn't done their homework. Uh, that's to say that you're pushing the envelope, right? Not everybody's ready for the cutting edge. Uh, and, but I think in my opinion, uh, folks should be pushing for that, right? It's our jobs as the people on the agency side to be presenting that stuff to clients and, and helping them understand like, these are areas we could go. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe we're not comfortable. Maybe we don't have the budget for it today. But these exist, and we want to we want to explore that because maybe there's an idea here that does work, uh, yeah. and we can use that to get to something that makes sense. Your account yeah, manager I mean, isn't doing their job unless the client feels compelled to say no at least twenty percent of the time to your ideas. 
That's the yeah. simplest way to say it. Uh, you and, and in the idea of, of ideas, I see them having three primary categories. Ideas have three categories. There's innovative, revolutionary, and preventative. That's that's kind of how I see it. Revolutionary ideas are those things that are, oh my gosh, I never would have considered that. We're going to change our entire marketing focus to run down this path because it is game-changing. Revolutionary are building on things you already have. It's, you have a website, we can improve the user experience if we take these these you just said revolutionary twice my bad (laughs) what did i say the first time evolutionary (laughs) so evolutionary is taking taking a website that already exists making it better it's making something better that already exists and and tweaking and pivoting in some way preventative is sort of a combination of both it's looking forward to say wow we've we have an opportunity or we have a risk factor at play that we need to get we need to figure out we need to figure out how to get on board with whatever, whatever's happening. Cookies is, is a good example of this, right? Um, the whole cookie conundrum. We may, we've, we've mentioned it in every other podcast. We may as well mention it in this one too. Um, Google is it's probably... It's a super easy one to handle though. I what know. What do we do about cookies? Our Nothing. favorite example. Nothing <laughs> yet. But when it first came out, we had to at least have a point of view, right? And that's yeah. us looking out on behalf of our clients about something we don't have to take revolutionary action with or even... Uh, what's the other word? My goodness. Evolutionary, evolutionary. action with. Um, these are my words and I still can't remember them. We, we don't have to take action yet, but it is preventative. It's, it's us yeah. bringing thinking to say, we need to keep our eye on these things because, and they may end up resulting in evolutionary or revolutionary actions later, but not right. yet. Yeah. I mean, and also just always as your agency partner coming to the table with a very intentional reason for why. Why, why it matters that we're talking about this and making it, making sure that it's relevant. It's so easy now to chase all these shiny objects. Um, and so a good agency partner will, will help you navigate why it matters and, and help you feel confident that we're being intentional in the process of doing so. I think, you know, it's so interesting when we talk about this, like bringing fresh ideas category because if you think about just human beings in general our attention spans have changed tremendously over the last couple of years in terms of how we consume in terms of how we think in terms of how we're all being asked to operate in this space and sometimes it feels like a contradiction but the the process and the experience of bringing fresh ideas to the table can actually feel like a like a slowdown or a pause in the momentum, you know, we're moving a million miles an hour to, to execute all day, every day. Um, sometimes this exercise of fresh ideas can feel a little uncomfortable um, because, you know, it causes us to break that rhythm somewhat and pause and think and give ourselves true space to do that. I we find a lot of times clients struggle to feel comfortable with that space to think. <laughs> Yep. Clients, the best types of clients are the ones, and this doesn't happen every week, right? There's some interval by which you, you structure some rhythm around doing this and and coming up with innovative ideas and thinking. And, um, the best engagements are the ones where the client not only expects it, they encourage it and they provide time, space, energy, sometimes dollars, depending on what it is. Sometimes that's an agency investment, depending on the the relationship. Either way, it's going to impact your, your in-flight projects. Because the same team members are going to be working on some of those things. But it's important to the business. Uh, it's important to the longevity of the relationship in, in many ways to be able to provide that level of, of innovative thinking and to really chase stuff down that could be 
revolutionary, evolutionary, or preventative? Yeah, a lot of our what we see as well is, you know, middle management among our client groups, they can sometimes struggle to figure out where they should be, where their mindset should be, or where the lens should be when it comes to what ideas do I need to focus on? What challenges do I even need to try to be solving? And we've mentioned it a couple of times, but an agency partner can be a great vehicle for helping you get to the bottom of where should my mindset even be when I'm thinking about the topic of innovation. It can be really overwhelming and an agency partner is really well positioned to help run workshop style conversations or exercise or intake style conversations that can help us narrow down what matters most, what matters most to your business, what matters most to your digital strategy and and what matters most to the direct problems you're facing day in and day out. We can nail those down and have an awareness of those and be pointing back to them throughout the year. So as things change, you know, we're still able to think about ways that we can pick on what matters most in a massive, massive vertical of the digital landscape where you could be focusing on anything if you're not having that structure and that formula for how you're going about it in place. Yep. So Riley, if you had to, to leave the conversation with a handful of pillars, account management pillars that clients should expect out of their client service partners, what, what would those things be? We just talked about a whole bunch of things that your clients want from you, but what's sort of the opposite of that? How do you turn that into account management expectations of how we work? Yeah. So two that we start with, whenever we onboard anybody, it is urgency and attention to detail. Clients need you to truly hear them when they're talking. If you don't, and you don't walk away with that information accurately documented, relayed, shared, um, it's going to show and it's going to it's going to have a, a downstream impact. And then I think the the urgency piece is huge because there most of our clients are working in an extremely fast paced environment. Most of them are leveraging us like the team of people they wish they had sitting side by side with them every single day. And so if we don't match the level of urgency that they're working under every day, it can be really difficult for us to feel like we're finding that flow and for us to be able to feel like we're being successful in the process there. And then I think the a third one that really matters tremendously to our team, and I know that you know the best client relationships we have have hinged on this, but it's it's authenticity throughout the entire engagement. Authenticity is so incredibly hard to find in a professional setting sometimes because we can all be driven to, you know, produce and execute day in and day out. But if you can really find those moments with with the urgency and the attention to detail along the way, it is just the trifecta of success because you're you're being an honest human, but you're also, you know, nailing it when it comes to some of the requirements of our industries and our jobs. That wasn't even a planned plug of the Authenticity in the Workplace podcast, but Riley did it. How about that? <laughs> Stringing it all together. Listen to that episode. <laughs> Authenticity matters. It really does. Yeah. Um, and, I, and you're right. I think it makes a huge difference in the client partnership that you end up getting. And, you know, we, we've we talked about this in, in private conversation, Riley, but COVID sort of changed that authenticity as it relates to account managers and clients. At least it has the in most cases, it has. In other cases, perhaps not. But pre-COVID, if you were working in a remote environment, 
doing video and seeing background things and it was sort of taboo. And so it was the only way you really felt like you got that that level of in, a human interaction was in an in-person setting, whether that was in a, usually in an office environment, sometimes in a happy hour or dinner and or, or hors d'oeuvre sort of environment. And the the use of video and the, it's okay for my, my messy background to look a little bit messy. It's okay for dogs to be in the background at times or kids to wander in the room. Like that just gives you a different level of humanity that allows you to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. You guys touched on it with Angie as well. Like there, there's just a new level of vulnerability that everybody's navigating right now. Um, when you're working with an account person, sometimes it can feel like their sole job is to grow the agency. And, you know, behind the scenes, what we're, what we find ourselves talking about a lot is how do we be relentlessly helpful? And Mm -hmm. I think clients have a much better reaction to trusting that approach now than they would have two years ago, you know, when we had some more traditional ways and expectations of communicating in place for sure. So Riley, if folks want to get a hold of you, they want to pick, they want to talk about account management. They want to work with Oodle because we know a good, a good agency that you can partner with if you don't already have one. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, it's Riley at Oodle.io. Super simple. OG email. I'm on social media. Uh, you could probably find me scaling mountains and doing a lot less marketing work on my social media, but I'm on social media as well. <laughs> yeah. Riley is the, the every week I wait for her in a one-on-one setting to come and tell me her, I almost died story. So, uh, definitely a, um, a scroll worthy <laughs> social feed for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you've reached the end of the Oodles of Marketing podcast. Thanks, everyone, for for tuning in. Riley, thank you for joining us. Uh, You can find us on social media at Oodles of Marketing, and we'll see you next time.